With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. back wide receiver tears time and just you know a casual three to six feet of snow thrown in there for the buffalo bills and the cleveland browns we're gonna go through it all each of those positions top-down views of the offense and individual player performances what they've done in the past and what we expect them to do this weekend hayden the backbone of the show are your rankings which people can find down in the description below and also on the channel on the youtube channel how are you feeling this week? I know it's a bunch of bye weeks to some critical teams. It is a very tough week for rankings. It's an even more important week for listening to the show on Sunday morning because we have a weather week this week, especially in Buffalo, which is like all of the good players because there's a lot of good teams on bye. So this is, I think, the worst week I've had for wide receiver rankings in particular. We all feel bad for you. All right, let's kick it off first with quarterbacks because this is kind of an offensive discussion. Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback one this week, facing off against the Los Angeles Chargers. What stood out to me, actually, with Patrick Mahomes, we don't have to have a big conversation. He leads all players in fantasy points inside the red zone. And Rich Rebar pointed this out. And we talk about it in Stats vs. Film, the instant reaction show every single week. Patrick Mahomes leads the league with 18 passing touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. The next closest player has 10. So when we look at running backs and who has the goal line role and so on and so forth, it means less for the Chiefs because, as we said since week one, the goal line back, as weird as it might sound, and this might be a stupid phrase, for the Chiefs is Andy Reid's brain. And he just loves to use different concepts and be super creative in that area of the field. And unlike random deep touchdowns, touchdowns in the red zone are are sticky. They're getting to the red zone at unbelievable clips. So, yeah, this was a no-brainer decision. I think there's like a top two, and then it kind of groups in the next three. Well, I, I thought I made a joke by having no one in the C tier. And if you have no one in B and above, then you're absolutely screwed this week. Anyways, I we'll get there. We'll get there. As quarterback two, you have Lamar Jackson against the Carolina Panthers. Home favorites expected to score more th- than 13 points in their opponent. I do want to bring this up. Lamar Jackson has not finished higher than quarterback nine in a week since week three. But you're confident. What happened in weeks one, two, and three, though? <laughs> <laughs> he only averaged like 45 points over those three contests. But something ridiculous. Difference. And I don't know if we really want, we should dive into it. Okay. Yeah. The what big is it? Difference, he has no outside wide receivers. Like he had Rashad Bateman previously, and now he has no verticality to this offense at all. Well, I'm expecting Mark Andrews to come back. He was limited on Wednesday. Um, so I'm, I'm on, I'm assuming he's back here and 
Rashad Bateman's great, right? But he was he was we were talking about how frustrated we were with, with Rashad Bateman. To me, this is just a little bit of noise. He's kind of ran bad with in the touchdown department to some extent. They are running the ball more, but a lot of that obviously is with Lamar Jackson. I thought last time we watched the Ravens, I thought their offensive line played the best game of the season. And right now the the Panthers have some studs on defense, but as a unit, they have not played up to that potential. They're like bottom five in a lot of metrics, including like adjusted sack rate. Um middle of the pack and passing efficiency. And I just think this is like a bet on Lamar Jackson. Take the big sample. Take the four-year sample of Lamar Jackson, place him at the top. They're projected for like 27 and a half points. I believe it's the second most on the week. I get all that. And I love Lamar. Devil's advocate. Rich Rebar stat again. After 10 completions of 20 or more yards over the opening three weeks of the season, the Ravens have eight completions of 20 more yards since. Tied for the fewest in the league. And so why we got upset with the usage of Rashad Bateman in terms of his series in series out contributions as being like a mainstay of the offense, the verticality again to his game, along with Devin DuVernay and to Marcus Robinson, whoever you want to throw out there brought that element. And I'm just afraid that everything is so condensed here. Sure. He can get it going because, you know, Lamar's averaging 70 rushing yards per game, 170 rush or passing yards per game with the last six contests. But I'm, I'm worried the big play is not there anymore unless he does it on the ground, if that makes sense. Where would you put him in the rankings right now? This is just team totals. It goes Mahomes one, Lamar two, and then you have like uh, Josh Allen down a little bit compared to, to usual. The Bears, somebody I know that, that you like Justin Fields so much. His team is projected to score five or six fewer points than Lamar Jackson's team. So where would you put him? No, I, I think it's a fair ranking. I'm just trying to put in the context of we have this belief of Lamar in the opening three weeks, and a lot of things I think have changed since then. So I'm just trying to categorize it a little mm-hmm. bit. Not criticizing, categorizing over here. All right. Then we have Jalen Hurts, somewhat of a down week against the Washington Commanders, but we put that into perspective. Uh, This week, the Philadelphia Eagles have the Indianapolis Colts. You know Nick Sirianni is going to want to shove it to his old employer. Next up, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills against the Cleveland Browns. Big picture perspective. How are you viewing this lake effect situation we have heading into Sunday? I'm taking it very serious um, because of the winds. The snow is clearly matters as well. It's like going to be 30 degrees. I couldn't personally handle it, but the wind is supposed to be 22 with wind gusts up to 44 miles per hour. That's the latest weather report I have. Well, come back on Sunday show. Sunday stream should be one of the biggest Sunday streams of the week because we'll get more crystallized information. They're looking at possibly moving this game to Detroit. Right. The, the bills also play next Thursday on Thanksgiving in Detroit. So maybe there's something to that. Um, but I've made adjustments. Uh, the team total right now for the bills sits at 25 that opened the week, a couple points higher than that. So the, the betting markets have made some adjustments here. So I moved Steph Diggs from like inside the top uh, three down to like inside the top 10. Gabe Davis goes down from, I don't know, like wide receiver 14 to like wide receiver 28. Same thing with Amari Cooper. We have to make some adjustments here. And I don't think it's as simple as just Devin Singletary and Nick Chubb go to the moon because both team totals come down. You know, right. obviously they'll get more carries, but the debate is how hard is it to get a full Chubb under 32 degrees? Um, that's the <laughs> that's the big uh, thing for this week. Anyone who's walked out of the ocean understands how difficult that is. Uh, so there's a few layers to this, right? The temperature is going to be super low, but we've seen Josh Allen in bad temperatures last season against New England and put the team on his back. Now, there was no... The wind actually was gusting in that game. And the wind here, as you said, 
anywhere from, let's say, 22 miles an hour. It can be gusts up to 40 miles an hour, which is significant. I do want to point out that the snow that everyone is talking about, the two to four feet, three to six feet, whatever, seems like that's going to happen on Saturday. And in fact, the lake effect snow warning ends by one o'clock Eastern on Sunday. So like a downpour of a blizzard is not expected to happen during the game. So what we're battling here is the temperatures and the wind. And of all the quarterbacks throughout the league, the guy who can still throw in that environment is Josh Allen. But I am with you. It's still not the same ceiling because the team totals are going to come down and we attach ourselves to those. Yep. I'm going to be tracking the team totals most importantly. Cool. I think it's a great conversation. We might hit on some some more as we uh, as we go along with Nick Chubb. Okay, Justin Fields closes this A tier of the quarterback grouping. Uh, what a run! What a run he's on, and against the Atlanta Falcons, a team that he should actually pass really well against because the Falcons continue to trot out uh, street free agents at cornerback positions, and there is no one not just on the Falcons defense, but every single defense that can keep up with the rushing ability that we've seen from a scrambling standpoint and designed run standpoint from Justin Fields. Yeah, it all starts on the ground for for Justin Fields. Uh, the only difference between him and like Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson is just their team total is slightly lower, and that's why I have him in this tier. But as we have all seen, he has quarterback one overall in his range of outcomes. A.J. Terrell back practicing and limited fashion on Wednesday. That's uh, outside of maybe a Grady Jarrett. Uh, the Falcons' best cover corner. That would affect Darnell Mooney to some extent here. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields, 23 and a half points for the Bears. That's one of the highest it's been all week. We got to ride this wave. Um, I would still put Mahomes and Lamar ahead of him. Dak Prescott is your quarterback six. They face off against the Minnesota Vikings. They're actually favored in this game, despite being six and three. One and a half point favorites on the road. Vikings defense playing really, really well. Uh, not just pass rushing with Darius Smith. Coverage with Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson. Uh, your confidence with Dak Peterson is obviously it's a tough week to rank all quarterbacks. He is that almost either the cliff or the first name after the cliff. Let's put it that way. Yeah, the the big thing here, obviously the defenses are, are pretty good on both sides of the ball here, but the offenses are playing with the third fastest neutral pace with the Cowboys and the seventh fastest pace with the Vikings. We can see a bunch of play volume and we'll get to a couple other games where it's like two teams with bottom five neutral pass rates. This is one of the fastest pace games of the week dome environment. They don't have to worry about any of that skill position talent out. Can't even compare it to a lot of these games. So I'm going to be riding with Dak Prescott. He just ha- hasn't been running as much. So that's why I think you rightfully put him in the tier below the other guys. Yeah, total of 47 and a half right now in that game, which I think I, is the third highest of the weekend. And that feels low to me. I wrote about that. Yeah. I, I'm not usually the, the, the over under guy, but that felt a little bit low to me just because of the neutral pace. No, you're a higher or lower guy instead of an over under guy. Uh, Justin Herbert is next for you as quarterback seven. I'm nervous. Since week five, Herbert's five and a half yards per attempt are ahead of only Mac Jones. While he has five passing touchdowns of four interceptions over that span. Now, Mike Williams getting in limited practices. I don't know. It's against the Kansas City Chiefs, man. And uh, I understand people want to say, well, they're going to have to put up points because they're going to have to keep up. What if they just don't? And this this Chargers offense is just kind of broken right now. Another reason why you got to check out our stuff on Sunday. We don't know about Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett. It's impossible to tell. So this is just a placeholder. Okay. Marcus Mariota is, uh, let's say, putting your melons on the table here. (laughs) I hate this ranking. (laughs) What what am I supposed to do? Because right now the Falcons, fun fact for you guys, 
have the third highest team total. So are we ranking Cordero wow. Patterson as a top 10 running back? Are we ranking Kyle Pitts as a top five tight end? Is Drake London viable? Is Marcus Mario going to run for it? Or are you going to hedge all of this and put all of them as low-end starting uh, players in fantasy? That's what I'm doing. But you cannot ex- ignore the team total. Remember, the Bears are improving on offense, which helps the Falcons, and they are tanking on defense. Where would you put Marcus Mariota? I mean, I, I don't, I think I would still put him after at least where you have Jimmy Garoppolo. I kind of view Marcus Mariota a little bit with the Giants and Daniel Jones, but yes. the difference being the team total for the Falcons is so much higher here because, again, that Bears and Falcons side, neither team can play defense. So at the very least, you think average offenses dominate bad defenses. Yes. Now, with, with Marcus, it's not like we can viably put him out there and say, oh, he's as good as, let's say, Justin Fields or even Daniel Jones as a passer. I'm not going to put him in, in, in either Agreed. of those categories. What we're hoping for is probably a 16-yard touchdown run, maybe a, a sneak during in the red zone. Um, but we did see, you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts get involved in end zone receptions in previous weeks. I don't know, man. I, I am worried that, like, we could see Cordell Patterson Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier like each get a rushing touchdown and then Mark is just like left out to dry and they still might hit their team total, you know, because mm-hmm. he's not as much of a focal point as these other average offenses are. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, next name's Jimmy G of this. Once again, it's a it's a it's a higher ranking. They're passing more um, over the last month of the season. The team total remains really high. Obviously, he's got skill talent for days and the Cardinals defense has been for the most part quite bad. Uh, Daniel Jones, like you said, very very easy matchup. He's been running a ton. Then you get like Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow. Both their team totals are a little, sitting a little bit lower than I'm than I was kind of expecting. Especially Joe Burrow, they're coming in at twenty two and three quarters points. Um, TJ Watt looked really good last really week. Really good, and that changed that's, the entire Steelers defense. And that's my big concern here. I think I might move Joe Burrow up a couple spots. I think I can probably put him next to Justin Herbert, um, at like somewhere. QB seven to QB 12. I'm kind of waiting um, for a little more clarity on that, but it's just the, the, they've been a little more inconsistent without Jamar chase. And obviously the, you lose a lot uh, yards after the catch. Now I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth because you, when we get to the wide receiver rankings, I have T Higgins and Tyler yeah. Boyd really high up. Yeah. So yeah. I think I, I need to move them up. I, I am a little bit nervous just from a perception view that the game against the Browns is at the forefront of people's minds when thinking about the Bengals, and their offensive line, where the three games around that one have been really great, have been yeah. really good. And so it's about slowing down and shutting down TJ Watt. And if that happens, I'd expect really, really good numbers from, from Joe Burrow. I'm with you. If Sunday morning for a start sit show that you all tune in for, if he's two spots higher than three spots higher, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I, Any I, other name you want to talk about here? From anyone after Joe Burrow, I think if you're starting them, your team's just whacked. Yeah. Huge disrespect to Zach Wilson, by the way. But uh, we'll talk about that maybe on Sunday. No. <laughs> Look, if they just ask him to throw in 2.4 seconds, I think he can have much better weeks and a week than he had against the Patriots a couple weeks ago. Okay, a quick announcement. Next week, Thanksgiving, you're going to be spending time with your family. You're going to be watching a whole bunch of football on your couch. Important note, we will have a contest on Underdog Fantasy just for you. Just for you. So be on the lookout for it on this channel, on our socials, all that type of stuff for us pumping a listener league just uh, for Thanksgiving week. I'm excited to do this for the first time and please support it so we can do more of them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. If you want, if you guys want more contests just for you guys, then play this one. 
Uh, did you want to say anything about Kyler Murray? It sounds like he's still sitting out of practice here before we yeah. move on to another position. Too early in the week. I'll obviously rank him if he's healthy. All right. Podcast listeners, YouTube viewers on Saturday, go and check out his rankings on the description below. Running back time. Here we go. Austin Eckler, number one. Then St. Juan Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon at four. Uh, and then Jonathan Taylor at five. We talked about it in Stats versus Film. It felt like that 66-yarder kind of masked everything else Yes, a little bit. Um, but Philadelphia Eagles, look, they got run on in quantity. But I would say the quality of the runs weren't that great. But it almost would be the same exact formula that we saw from JT last week working this week and at the very least that big play run this is the first time we've seen him do it this season yeah definitely and it was just the amount of touches and carries and just snaps he was playing like 94 percent of the snaps um maybe that's because there's not a like trusted um rb2 right now and i think even with matt ryan being back that's good news for everybody because the team's actually has a chance to score some points but i think with jeff saturday as we saw uh, it was one of the lowest actually tied for the lowest games for Matt Ryan starts in neutral pass rate. I think that's just because Jeff Saturday wants to run the crap out of the ball. So um, it's time to go with, with Jonathan Taylor. Derrick Henry running back six on Thursday night football against the Green Bay Packers. Then Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, as we mentioned before. By the way, if you get like the best two players at that respective positions to play in bad weather, it's probably Nick Chubb running the ball and Josh Allen playing quarterback. So uh, at least we have that in our hat. And then Josh Jacobs as running back nine. Look, at previous, what, weeks nine and ten, not great uh, statistical-wise. But then you go back and watch week ten, and he was the best player on that field for that offense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it's it's tough from an environment that he's in on that team. And Denver's defense, some might say, has gotten a little bit worse over these last few weeks versus where they started the season. It has, and I guess you can call it a little bit of a run funnel just because their passing defense has been so good their cornerback play is elite so josh jacobs he had like over 20 expected half ppr points last week i think james connor's the aggressive ranking of the week uh they wave you know benjamin surprise to us but he was playing like 94 percent of the snaps um something that we need to kind of keep track of is colt mccoy the the cardinals last week had their highest neutral pa- pass rate of the season a lot of this is checkdowns colt mccoy's not gonna be slinging the ball downfield so i had to move rondell more up if colt mccoy is starting it sounds kind of crazy but i think this helps james connor a little bit too because mccoy will hit the check down to james connor and in the red zone if they do get get down there there's a larger chunk of the the carries and stuff will go to James Conner. So um, I'm pretending like it's not like last year where he was scoring all those touchdowns because the Cardinals offense can't be as good because the offensive line isn't as good. But I think you can get pretty close to it. I'm going to be ranking and treating James Conner as an RB1 until proven otherwise. Yep, he's your running back 10. Over at running back 11, it's Ramondre. Then Alvin Kamara, 12. Aaron Jones, 13, which is drastically different than we've been here before. Well, we need to talk about Aaron Jones because the matchup is not a good one. First of no. all, the the Packers and the Titans are 31st and 32nd in neutral pace. They both want to run the ball. They both really want to play slow. Uh, and that's led the Titans to being third against fantasy running backs. And nobody's uh, running on the Titans teams in neutral situations against them are passing the ball at the highest rate. So I'm putting Aaron Jones a little bit lower just because the game environment is not very good. The Titans are the best run defense in the league. They can just dominate offensive lines up there, and their linebacker play has been really good, too. Hopefully they get healthier this week in comparison to last week. Uh, Damian Pierce, running back 14. 
David Montgomery stands by himself as running back 15. This might be slightly low, you know, now that Khalil Herbert's out of the picture, even though David Montgomery's already had 70% of the workload. But if we love that game environment, it wouldn't be shocking at all if I see David Montgomery as a top 10 runner this week. I think he's a very boom bust play uh, because Fields is running so much himself and a lot of those are quarterback designs. David Montgomery is playing more snaps, but getting less touches per snap over these last couple of weeks. And I think this is kind of the same discussion as we have with J.K. Dobbins coming into the year and kind of J.K. Dobbins with the Ravens historically is Lamar Jackson runs so much that he's not going to be passing the ball to David Montgomery as much and he might not even get as many carries. Um, so it is good news. Obviously, Khalil Herbert is not going to be a thorn at his side. I don't think like Tristan Ebner or anybody else is going to be stealing as many touches. But I do think that he's going to have to get home with efficiency just because I'm worried that Justin Fields is absorbing a larger chunk of that, which opens up more lanes. I think David Montgomery yeah. is definitely a strong upside RB2, but I don't want to get too carried away. Let's talk about these split backfields. It's kind of the area of these rankings when we start doing that. Uh, CPAT versus Caleb Huntley versus Tyler Algier. You have CPAT around like, Running back 17, Tyler Algiers running back 33. Caleb Huntley way down is like running back 48. Um, the CPAT short week against the Panthers didn't play as much. Now it's a mini buy. Hopefully we get more extended work out of him. Really ugly chart here for the YouTube. We have Very. Tyler Algier and Avery Williams mixing in and Caleb Huntley. Uh, this was on a short week last week. So just really the debate, was that because of the short week or was that because they like these other running backs? I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere in between, like we said, Falcons third highest team total of the week. Uh, the Bears, not only are they tanking on defense, they're tanking on their run defense in particular. Robert Quinn and uh, their best player, Roquan Smith, the linebacker, um, are no longer on the team. So I think that's going to help CPAT the most. Extended rest, coming back from injury. I'm, I'm going to be get pretty bullish on here. He is a really wide range, though, because he hasn't been catching as many passes because Algiers kind of mixing in on passing situations in particular. Some interest might be peaked from Antonio Gibson ranking ahead of Brian Robinson. You have Gibson at running back 19, Robinson around running back 26. After what we saw uh, in their win over the Eagles, is that just because Gibson is getting in basically full practices and was being used as a starter at the beginning of that game? This is a full-blown rotation, so I want to keep them together. Okay. Um, pr and he wasn't close. being used as a starter. I shouldn't say that. Sorry. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting conversation. As long as JD McKissick's out, there is time to um, just go to them. I will say, in recent weeks, the Washington Commanders have been running the ball like absolute madmen. Um, I have it somewhere in the blueprint, but it's been super run heavy um, with Taylor Heineke under quarterback, and obviously that's helping both of these two. Okay. Jamal Williams way ahead of DeAndre Swift, which makes sense. It feels like they fully aren't trusting DeAndre Swift both from a health perspective and from an on-field success perspective and Jamal Williams if they get near the goal line we know he's getting the workload and this is the Giants defense too with a total of 45 in that game which could be pretty fun uh Najee Harris is running back 21 I don't think we really need to talk about that in comparison to Jalen Warren because Najee Harris still got you know 20 plus I believe opportunities in that game um Dante Foreman right after that awesome to see him still owning the backfield let's talk about the Cowboys here running back 23 Tony Pollard running back 24 Ezekiel Elliott Thoughts? Uh, we're waiting on Zeke Elliott news. He was limited. I think that he's going to play um, to what extent and to what health. We're kind of in the wild, wild west. So with the Lions and the Cowboys, I'm going to be going to the Athletic and ESPN reading what the beat reporters are going to say. I think they're going to have a better clue after the practices ends. Uh, another reason to check out Sunday Morning Show and read the blueprint on Saturday and Sunday. I'll be making the big adjustments that are needed. Yeah, I could see Michael Carter having a better game than running back 25. Um, 
I think he's gotten better over the last couple weeks than where he started this season when he was splitting time with with Brees Hall. Uh, you know, so much of that game against the Patriots is going to come down to offensive line play, both from a pass pro perspective and uh, creating running lanes. Um, who else did you want to talk about here? I mean, we have the Chiefs backfield. I know people are in love with Isaiah Pacheco now that he's the starter, yes. uh, but he comes out after Jared McKinnon is running back 29 and 30 to you. So the last two weeks expected half PPR points. Jarek McKinnon's led the Chiefs um, in each of those games with 13.2 and 10.5 expected half PPR points. If we think that the Chiefs are giving up on their run game to some extent, I think that's going to be Jarek McKinnon uh, as a primary beneficiary. I also think that if CH plays, that's going to come at the ex- expense of Isaiah Pacheco, not as much Jarek McKinnon. So I think that I'm sell- selling Isaiah Pacheco, uh, even though that he was starting. He has a better chance than he had previously, but even last week when CH only had four snaps, uh, Isaiah Pacheco was maxed out at 8.9 expected half PPR points. I love the Chiefs team total here. You can start them, but I think there's a basically a non-existent floor here. And I, uh, Jarek McKinnon's been just beating them in expected half PPR points uh, for the entire season. So far this season, Isaiah Pacheco has four carries inside the 10-yard line two carries inside the five-yard line. I want to repeat this stat that we talked about with Patrick Mahomes, where he leads the league with 18 passing touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. The next closest player has 10. Touchdowns are so important for running backs. That's why we vault someone like Jamal Williams up there because he has the high-value touches. Running backs on this team, other than the variants that we got from CEH earlier this year, um, are not scoring touchdowns right now. And it can be Isaiah Pacheco and it can be Jarek McKinnon in the receiving game. So like just the value of being a lead back, I think, on the Chiefs versus every other team, despite how good the offense is, it's a knockdown because they love to throw the football inside the five and inside the 10. Totally agree. Uh, Last name I want to hit on Elijah Mitchell, my RB 31. Uh, This chart kind of sums up what happened. Christian McCaffrey, he's going to get his 20 touches. And then once he gets his 20 touches, if there's leftover touches, Elijah Mitchell is going to come in at the end of the game. He was getting um, some run here. I'm not panicking about Christian McCaffrey. He got his 20 expected half PPR points, 20 touches in general, schemed him up early on, and then they get Elijah Mitchell in there. Um, I think the game scripts are going to have to get kind of wonky for Elijah Mitchell to truly matter. I do think he's one of the best bench stashes in the game. I think you can get him in there as a flex play, but I wouldn't be surprised if last week was um, the best when Christian McCaffrey's healthy. And last thing, we're still going to learn something from this Ravens backfield. Gus Edwards is back at practice. You have uh, Kenan Drake about six spots ahead of him in the rankings. That makes sense based on what we've seen from Kenan Drake in recent weeks and how good the offensive line is playing too. Yep. Wide receiver time. Tough one, as you alluded to in the open. Hopefully you stuck around for it. Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. Let's talk about Hopkins with Rondell Moore as wide receiver 19. And recently we've seen some Hollywood Brown potential interest here in week 11 as well. Uh, You've mentioned it a little bit with the Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray, whatever. Uh, I think there is a conversation, though, to be had on how this wide receiver trio is going to be used moving forward. Um. So I, I think Colt McCoy is not as bad of a downgrade as it would appear, um, especially if Kyle Murray's comes back limited um, with Zach Ertz out of the way. Trey McBride's going to get out there, but he's been such an empty calorie type of player. Um, I don't think Marquise Brown's going to play. I, I think we'll, we'll have, we'll have a, he has a chance to play, but I, I didn't rake him personally. We'll have to make some adjustments. This game, is, I believe, is on Monday Night Football. Um, so we are gonna have to get this right on Sunday morning. Check out the Sunday morning, morning show. There you go. Uh, I did want to say this. Uh, prior to his injury, Hollywood Brown was playing at the left wide receiver spot 74% of the time on the outside. 
since he's been injured and DeAndre Hopkins has been back, he's been at the left wide receiver spot 67% of the time, which is a bit more movement than we've seen from Nuke in the past. And Rondale's been in the slot 55% of the time and has an outside wide receiver about 40% of the time, which is more than I was expecting. So just crystal ball theory here. Um, I bet DeAndre stays mostly as a left wide receiver. They're moving around a little bit. And we see a team uh, use Marquise Brown as a vertical slot and as an outside wide receiver because we've seen Rondale line up more and more on the outside than I was expecting him to. Uh, I, a major part of that is because there's been no verticality to the Cardinals this season. In fact, Kyler Murray last year was fifth in his pass attempts of 20 plus yards. This year he's 20th, 20th. And so Hollywood needs to come back and, and fulfill that, I think. And it's going to be a different role, I think, for him than we saw as a volume king about nine or 11 yards from the left wide receiver spot prior to his injury. So. Cardinals also been using two tight end sets more um, because of this, the depth of the skill positions. Uh, I don't think they're going to play as many two tight end sets with Zachary. It's out of the way now. Okay. Next few names, Stefan Diggs, CD lamb. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I mean, your Bengals wide receivers of T Higgins as wide receiver seven, Tyler Boyd as wide receiver 10. Oh, buddy. Boogieing with the Bengals. It's a very tough ranking after you get like the top seven, eight, eight of these. I really feel comfortable with them. And then like the next tier, man, like these names are just not like bankable names, you know? Yeah. So uh, right now the, the Steelers are 31st against fantasy wide receivers. Boyd and Higgins have not been very good without Jamar Chase, but that was because of one really bad game. And then one game where Joe Mixon went to the absolute moon. I think this will even out. So pretty aggressive ranking. Uh, for them, but I don't think that the corners for the Steelers are very good, and I think that we're going to funnel these targets to just these two. Yeah, very aggressive ranking two with Chris Olave as wide receiver 11. You can check out the rest of these from 11 through 20. It has names like, uh, let's say, DJ Moore with Baker Mayfield as wide receiver 17, just after him, Devontae Smith, Corton Sutton as wide receiver 20. I did want to jump down to 21 through 30 and maybe talk about these Packers wide receivers. You have Al Lazard as wide receiver 21, then Christian Watson as wide receiver 24. Uh, because he's a rookie, because he's explosive, he had three touchdowns last week. Feels like this bubble of the viewers as well that we live in is anointing Christian Watson as like the breakout player for the rest of the season. I think that potentially can happen. However, as Hayden said, they're not throwing that much, but just having this one isolated player who can win down the field when Aaron Rodgers has been among the league leaders in attempts down there, but not efficient on them uh, is huge. I do think that we need to be a bit cautious and understand that this might be a spiked week player more than an every week consistent player as well. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. He's a better and best ball type of profile. Last week, the, the Packers had their lowest uh, neutral pass rate of the season by quite a large margin. This kind of correlates with Aaron Rodgers' thumb. He kind of dinged it up in the middle of that game too, and they didn't really pass all that much. Now, when he did pass, it was electric, but just kind of, kind of goes back to uh, the neutral pace in this game, just so, so bad. I know the Titans secondary has been really bad this year. So I think both of them boom bust. I just, because I don't trust play volume. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the lowest play volume game of the week, but at the same time, 21 and 24 is firmly in your lineup. You know, that yes. speaks to where the wide receiver position is this week, but it also means, Hey, you're starting them. Um, okay. Two more names I want to hit on. Allen Robinson is wide receiver 25. Like this is just brutal, but do you have to do it because of Cooper cup being out and Matthew Stafford playing? Yeah. I'm assuming Matthew Stafford plays. He was practicing earlier in the week coming off the concussion. I mean, Ben Skoranek, I guess Tyler Higby, but I mean, these guys are just not very good. So I'm just betting on Allen Robinson, uh, doing some, some things. I don't want to get too carried away. Cause that right now the, 
the Rams team totals like 17, 18 points right now. So this is a just garbage time. He's going to be out there. I think that he has the best path to like eight targets. I don't think they'll be very pretty though. Last one. Kadarius Tony. Wide receiver 33. No Juju. Still missing practice with the concussion. So is Miko Hardman. So theoretically in two wide receiver sets, if you were to guess who was out there, would it be MVS and Justin Watson? Or would it be MVS and Kadarius Tony? Because MVS is like the pole player. Missed Wednesday's practice with an illness, is back out there. It sounds like he is going to be the one that plays the vast majority of snaps at wide receiver. I moved Kadarius Tony since this uh, was published to wide receiver 24. I think... I'm not sure if he's going to play in two wide receiver sets, but the Chiefs don't use that many two wide receiver sets. Um, And I think that when he's the third wide receiver, I think they're going to scheme him up the ball here. This is obviously assuming... uh, McColl and and Juju are out. I have MVS up into the playable range closer to wide receiver 30 as well. They have the highest team total in the week. Right. And we're not ranking the running backs. So somebody's scoring points here. Other than Travis Kelsey. Other than Travis Kelsey, obviously. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to get pretty aggressive with Kadarius Tony. I think he flashed some things downfield in addition to the schemed up stuff. I think you got to play him. Yep. Have fun, you know? Have fun and play them. Okay. Anyone else at the wide receiver list that you wanted to discuss here? Probably not. Um, no, but I'll just pull up real quick. The wide receiver usage in the last four weeks is a good indicator on like how much upside is available uh, to these wide receivers. Yep. Uh, and I know that your ranking of Traylon Burks is low in comparison to like the perception from again, rookie wide receivers. We need another week of like something from him, you know, not just like running, routes and snaps it's just like the titans passing game is one of the worst in the league it starts with their offensive line pass pro it's also the type of routes that they have they're not funneling it to anyone that's just a tough offense to get behind for a developing player for me at this moment okay you want to bring up the stickos chart or you want to talk about titans i have two more wide receivers we just have to hit real quick drake london i have him as my wide receiver 21 this is obviously way higher than his usage for the entire season the last two weeks he has reached Double digits expected half PPR points because he has been a red zone weapon. And going back to the early discussion, the Falcons are projected for the third most points. Am I too crazy here? But I, I feel like this is a week that you have to play Drake London just because there's so many good uh, wide receivers that are on by or that are banged up. And this team total is hard to you know go against. Yeah, listen, I'm never going to say that you have to play Drake London when attached to Marcus Mariota. I can't do it. I just like, I can't. George Pickens, Deontay. Would you would you rather have Paris Campbell? I am starting Garrett Wilson over Drake London. That was the next the next name I was going to bring up with Garrett Wilson is now you have a really low team total for the Jets in Foxborough and Zach Wilson's two starts against uh, Bill Belichick. He's thrown seven interceptions and now this is Bill Belichick coming off the bye and history tells us that they bracket their best player and it's to me it's unquestionable who yeah, is their best player. It's Garrett fair. Wilson and Corey Davis might return. So I kind of backed off the slot wide receiver stuff from Elijah Moore as we've gone on to like, they're not just making him solely a slot wide receiver. Anyways, uh, I just think like they are going to scheme up quick routes, early routes for Garrett Wilson and get the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands in 2.45 seconds. And it's up to Garrett Wilson to create separation then when afterwards. And I bet, I bet we see seven or eight targets in his direction, nine targets, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm more in on the jets this week than you are. Yeah, I wish you luck. <laughs> All right. Anything you want to say about tight ends, sickos chart? There's the tight end list. 
Yep, tight ends. Um, I have Dalton Schultz with a very aggressive ranking. Pat Fryer moved inside the top six uh, with more slot snaps uh, coming out from Chase Claypool. Kyle Pitts as my tight end seven. Dawson Knox, I'll move him down based off of weather reports. Gerald Everett with all of the injury stuff. Cole Komet, very fluky touchdowns. He has 2.7 touchdowns over expected. That's leading the entire position here. I'm not sure if that is going to be as sticky, though he's getting more reps in general. And then... Uh, you can check out the rest of them. We'll have to go to the sicko charts. This is a yep. great week for sicko charts. If we were very concerned about all of the wide receiver production, this is a good week to get involved with these uh, uh, defenses down here. Are you telling people? We, okay, I think anyone against the Bears has to be readjusted in the sicko charts because it's a very different offense from the first three weeks than it has been in the last few weeks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I list the Falcons as my like last recommended play. They're, they're up here, but I, this these are the, the the teams that you want right here. There we go. People on the podcast feed, that's the Eagles, that's the Saints, that's a few other teams as well. All right, that's going to do it for us. Again, if you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a thumbs up, and tell one friend. That's our challenge. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't be selfish. Share the knowledge. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, be on the lookout for our specific game, the Underdog Football Show contest. And we're going to be actually be back here, not just tomorrow for Scheme in the morning about Tua Tungavailoa, Tyreek Hill, and the Miami Dolphins offense. Oh, buddy, it's a good one. But also, 15 of, quote-unquote, our guys for Week 11 with Fantasy Flock. Bing, bang, boom. Let's roll. Up the villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.